coming at you with episode number two. 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 I'm a puppy. With these motherfuckers, <laughs> Kenneth Bianchi and Angelo Buono, because we just looked it up on the internet. How to say uh, their name? I was a little correct. She was a lot of correct, but whatever, it's fine. Um, so now we're going to get into the charges and the trial of these fuckheads. And if, Thank goodness. I just want to tell you everything because this guy is a, he's a real prize, Mr. Bianchi. Mm. Okay, so, yeah, we left off with, uh, where was, where was the bee? Where was the bee? Oh yeah, of uh, finding the menstrual blood on, Of course uh, you finished with the menstrual blood. Ooh! was present on Bianchi's underwear. He had ditched her jacket um, right outside of the freaking place like a dumbass. Because he's... he's I'm gonna come back and get that later. I'm gonna come and get that later. I'm gonna sleep with it. It smells, it smells real nice. Nobody smells better like, touch it. smells a little corpsey. That's my favorite scent. Did you touch my jacket? <laughs> Don't touch my jacket. It's my favorite. Did you tickle my jaw? <laughs> Where's my freaking lipstick? <laughs> <laughs> But my lips hurt real bad. Ah, I love this volume dynamite! <laughs> John Heater, sponsor us. Hi. Um, <laughs> there it is. Okay, so we're going to get into the charges and the trial. <laughs> I'm drooling. I'm really busy. <laughs> I'm busy that day. Ah, oh, damn it, there it is again. You know what? Deal with it. I love them, and I respect them, and I'm going to mimic them, because I, that's all I do with my life, is listen to Morbid. Till now. Now you're going to listen to my voice. You're welcome. On Friday, January 26, 1979, you're still not conceived yet. Uh, I might have been conceived. What was it? January 26. Nope. You're still. I was an accident. Still swimming in your dad's balls. Oh, good Lord Almighty. (laughs) But my sperm won. (laughs) You were the swimmer. You were the fastest. All right, Bianchi. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Was Formally charged. He was form. Okay, can't laugh. This is serious stuff. Formally charged with two counts of first degree murder. Dead. Dead as a doornail. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all, Nicole. Get it together. Not all evidence had yet been analyzed, but there was enough to proceed with the murder case, and the stolen property um, was dismissed for obvious reasons. Oh, stolen property charge was dismissed for obvious reasons because uh, murder is a little bit bit beyond that. It's a little bit more of a. It's a little bit more important to make sure. Straight. I just. I just want to get my life together. I don't know how to word. (laughs) Words are real hard. To make sure he had a fair trial. Just because you have a teacher doesn't mean you have to yell. Judge Kurtz (laughs) (laughs) issued a gag order. Uh, Sorry. Prohibiting anyone involved with the investigation, including witnesses, from releasing info about Bianchi or his connection to the murders. Judge sealed McGearchin's affidavit of probable cause, which detailed evidence supporting the murder charges. Bianchi was arraigned on Monday, January 29th, 1979. I put in parentheses, that's Kansas Day. What? I don't know why. I only remember Kansas Day. Well, not that it wasn't drilled into our heads as children, but I had a cat. The only cat I ever had. And his birthday was January 29th. You are really into the birthdays. Like, you say Kansas Day, I say Meadowlark. (laughs) And there was also this kid that I went to school with when I was in third grade here, and his name was um, Abel. It was spelled Abel, but it was Abel, and his birthday was on Kansas Day. And I'm like, ha, my cat's birthday is the same day as your birthday. And he's like, that's crazy. I don't even know if that kid's, I don't even know where he is. He moved away before we got into freaking, like, even fifth grade, I think. But I remember his birthday. I do not remember birthdays. What was yours again? May 22nd, because that's when Kenneth Bianchi was born, too. 42 years apart. Kelly. (laughs) Yeah, he started that. Okay, but, but he was arraigned on Kansas Day. January 29, 1979, still not conceived, Kelly, <laughs> and he pleaded not guilty to the murder charges you in lying the son of a bitch. First degree. Bad, bad word. <laughs> it's fine. 
bitch is a female dog, and he's, that's an insult to female dogs. He was held without bail and was also to be handcuffed for all future court appearances, because this bitch is crazy. Okay. And he's even gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna go down that path. Fucking fuck. Um, under state law, prosecution was given 30 days to seek the death penalty. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. Okay, it's fine. I'm fine. Bellingham Herald made a motion to lift the order sealing the affidavit of probable cause. That's a lot. And was denied by the judging s- judge. Judging. I don't know how to draw a comma because that, wow. Stating the defendant's sixth, sixth Amendment right to a fair trial succeeded the First Amendment right to free press. This was taken to the Washington State Supreme Court on April 30th, 1979, which that which that ruled... I was conceived. You were conceived by then. Woo! That ruled the newspaper Back should down. have pursued another legal avenue to push for First Amendment rights. Mic drop. Okay. I have the star here. Is there Norts? Norts? Okay. Fast forward... I'm going to just read it. It's fine. Fast forward on Friday, March 30th. So that court appeal happened later on, obviously, because we're jumping back a month. 1979, Bianchi changed his plea (laughs) from not guilty to not guilty by By reason reason of of insanity. insanity. I knew it. This bitch. They were insane. Dean Brett, this poor guy who had to be his lawyer. (laughs) I even read that. Bianchi's poor lawyer. Said Bianchi had amnesia. About the murders of Mandic and Weiler. I hate everything. He said three psychiatrists examined Bianchi and concluded he suffered from severe multiple personality disorder. Did he, though? He's a Gemini, so maybe. I knew nothing. <laughs> one source said, one source, I did find a source that said this. I don't know if it's actually factual. It was only one. But he had just watched the movie Sybil. Starring oh, that Sally is Field. Crazy! I love Sally Field. And I, it's an excellent book too. I read the book. The book is about, always better. But I don't know. Sally Field did a fantastic job on that. Uh, she did. Maybe we'll have to do an episode just about that movie and her book. little low voice that she does. <gasps> <sighs> and then came up. Yeah, he watched it the night before, and then came Can up I with interject? this. Yeah. I used to play Barbies as a young child. Same. Uh, and an older child. Same. Probably longer than, you know. I should have. Maybe 13. Uh, um, my father said he used to sit at the top of the stairs mm-hmm. and listen to me Aww. play Barbies, you know? Yeah. Living and he best. called me Sybil because I had different voices for all of my dolls. <laughs> <laughs> we should have named so, um, we should have named her Sybil. I don't I know. know. I was going to try Another to childhood from, nickname, Sybil. I should have went... I was going to go for a New York accent because we haven't said that, but your dad was from New York. <laughs> and I went with this one. I don't even know what that one is. I don't even. <laughs> it's a very upset older woman. It's from like, it's like you're trying to imitate, you know, uh, John Mulaney, but I'm doing a really piss poor oh, job. Hello. What that was? Okay. He's kind of. No, please. John Mulaney, if you ever hear this, please don't yell at me. You're great and you make me laugh really hard. Sorry, she ruined it. I'm terrible. Bye. You're trash. <sighs> I didn't park my car here. And then came up with this claim that a different personality took him over, and that's who committed the murders. Bullshit. Fucking dumb. Fucking fuck. I'm so annoyed. (laughs) Judge granted a motion to appoint six blue-ribbon psychiatrists to examine Bianchi, including a brain scan, that to determine he was competent, competent to stand trial. Ooh, I burped. I hope you heard that. It was beautiful. I've done it several times, and you might have to edit it out. Nope, I'm keeping that in. That's art. (laughs) Two members were picked by the defense, two were picked by the prosecution, and two were picked by the judge. So two, six psychiatrists, two were picked by each group of people. I'm drooling real bad. Alcohol's not my friend, but it's fine. It tastes delicious. McEachern, that guy, your name, I'm sorry, filed a notice with the court that the state seek death penalty if Kenneth was convicted of the two counts of first-degree murder. Washington state law provides for capital punishment when there is more than one victim and when the deaths are part of a common scheme or plan. Kill that motherfucker. Okay. While he was being examined, Bellingham just... Detectives continued putting finishing touches on the homicide investigation for the two co-ed girls. They had brought in the other ten, because he's obviously going to probably have to be shipped back to California for that. Where his body is. (laughs) Right? No, he's still alive. Alive and breathing. So. He would have just turned, I think, 68. Yeah. 
69. He's almost 69. No, he's 69. Because oh. we're 42 years apart and I'm 27. He's my mama's age. 69. On April 23rd, <laughs> jumping back in, April 23rd, 1979, LA Police Chief Daryl Gates increased pressure on Bianchi by announcing evidence to charge him with 10 hillside strangler slayings. On May 9th, well, it's a long, well, I guess court's all wackadoodle anyways, um, LA County District Attorney John Vandekamp I love that it's name. It's so fancy. That's a powerful, John. powerful name. That's, Who that's, are you? I'm Mr. Vanderkamp. I, I'm the county district attorney, John Vanderkamp. He filed a complaint in Supreme Court, initially charging him with five murders, those with the best evidence, but would be enough to send Bianchi to the gas chamber if convicted. Dun, dun, dun. But it's California, and they don't like to kill people. They don't um, really don't like to do their jobs, either. Oh, yeah, I know. I remember... <laughs> I like County. What are you doing? So many cases. So many cases. (laughs) Thank you, Morbid. You're the best. Go listen to them. They're pretty fucking rad. (laughs) Uh, That's the eighth plug on That's all I'm going to plug because that's what consumes my life. You can see my shit right now. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Like a freaking... That's my church. When we reach out and we're like, have you listened? Have you listened? Have you listened? Okay. Back to his multiple personalities. We're going to jump back a little bit now again. I'm kind of all over the place, but I kept, I kept finding more. And then I found an actual video of him pretending to be, just wait till you hear their names. They're great. (laughs) They're so basic. I think I've seen this. The psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Tricks. 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 We're divided. They were divided. <laughs> Two believed he had multiple personalities and not They're competent to stand trial. Two thought he was faking and he could stand trial, and the last two weren't sure. The middle two might be good at their jobs. Yep. Under hypnosis, Bianchi created personality. Steve Walker. <laughs> Steve. Steve did it. Steve is not Steve, Steve Walker. Walker. I love that he had two names because that's Steve Walker. not. Is that how that usually works? They have a full first and last on their. Oh, there's another one. He's like, got a second I always thought it was like just the first name. Steve Walker, who this confessed to killing Mandic and Wilder and gave vivid details about the crime. Steve, air quotes, talked freely about the murders in L.A. that occurred between October. To October 1977 to February of 1978, mentioning his cousin Angelo Banana Bottoms. Buono! <laughs> Buono! <laughs> and I like to really enunciate the first one, so that's no, probably not correct. See. The way that I do say it, it's Buono. His name but it's is like Anglo, Buono. and we've been saying Angelo this whole time. Just call him Angelo. Alicio. Oh my god, I just thought about that from the first episode when I couldn't remember his middle name. It's Kenneth Alicio Bianchi. Yay, <laughs> just dawned you on did me. It. it took me just a, just an episode to figure it out. You're welcome, internet. <laughs> Thanks, Alicio. And it, but it's spelled A L E S S I O. Yeah. So that's why I thought Alessio. And I'm like, that's not how I heard it in another podcast. Alicio. Are you sure the other podcast was correct? I'm not fucking. I'm gonna write them a letter. <laughs> um, his multiple personalities became irrelevant when L.A. and Whatcom, I love that, Whatcom County, common sense. Whatcom County, Whatcom County, hey y'all, Whatcom, Whatcom, prosecutors offered, what are you, what language, offered him a deal, he pleaded guilty to the two Bellingham murders and five murders in L.A., he would receive life sentences, avoid the death penalty, penalty, Yep, I'm sticking to it. Penalty. Penalty. Mm. Way worse than a penalty. Yep, way worse. And allowed to serve his time in California because that, yep. He had to agree to testify truthfully and completely against Bacon Salt. <laughs> What's his name? Bacon Salt? Bueno. 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 Oh my god, you're just, oh, I don't know Every... what you're talking about anymore. <laughs> like, I'm like, Good luck following that, people? kids. Who are all these B people that you keep naming? It's Bono. They're all Buono. 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 I'm going to stick with Angelo. Okay. Uh. On October 19th, 1979, you're definitely, you're like about to come out soon. I'm going to come out. Now they know. Now they know they've made a mistake. You're going to emerge from your mother's Now my mom knows that that rhythm method doesn't work if your, you know, husband's a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Judge Kurtz conducted a hearing to determine if Bianchi was competent, I can't say competent, competent. to stand trail. Because we're going to say all the words wrong. Trial. He was found competent. Oh, I said it great now. 
What is wrong with me? And bound him for trial. So Whether he was... Yeah. <laughs> I am. We'll talk about it later because I'm going to be a counselor. She's going to be a counselor. Whether he was insane when he killed Karen Mandic and Diane Wilder would be left for jury to decide. He was crazy, but not enough to have another personality. Bye. <laughs> um, Bianchi withdrew his insanity plea and pled guilty to both murder charges. McEatron withdrew his death penalty request. Damn you, McEatron. McEatron. You're a creature now. Whatever, you love that You're name. You little cretin. I do, McEatron. I'm living for it. Cretin. That's going to be my next dog's name. <laughs> Judge Kurt sentenced Bianchi to two life terms to run consecutively <laughs> without possibility of parole. Dum, dum, dum. Some justice. Not enough, but some. Yeah. Within 30 minutes of his guilty plea, the Hillside Strangler Task Force whew, arrested Bianchi's cousin, Angelo, at his home upholstery shop. Bolano. Stop. That's literally the next word. Was taken into custody <laughs> without issue and was charged with 24 <laughs> felonies, including 10 murders, extortion, conspiracy, con <laughs> condomy, sodomy. What is condomy? <laughs> I read it. I read the D-O-M first. That a condom that you shot? Like, you put a condom on the object. It's condomy. Condomy. Dear God. Sodomy and pimping and pandering. Pimped him. Pimped him. Hey <laughs> That's the word of the day. Although there was evidence linking Angelo to the crimes, his fate rested on Bianchi's credibility as a witness. It's not. His acceptance of his guilty plea rendered his competent witness in the eyes of law. Rendered him... Competent. Competent. There's that word again. Competent. Saturday morning of October 20th, 1979. That's the day before my grandma's birthday. Hiya. Bianchi was flown from Bellingham to L.A. Hey, LAX. Jumped off the plane at LAX to get a murder case. Miley Cyrus, don't at me, okay? I have serious dance moves to that song. Mm. That's my brother's favorite song. I put it on a CD once 23 times because he hated it because he worked at Dollar General. And they played so it all the time. hands up. Okay. Yeah, we're going to dance to that later. Drink. Butterflies oh. fly away. <laughs> we're going to get, I'm going to get freaking pegged. I'm going to pay a fortune for that damn song. Um, he appeared in court before Superior Court Judge William Keene on Monday, October 22nd, 1979. Pled, pled, guilt, oh, well, yeah, pled guilty to five of the ten Hillside Strangler killings. One count conspiracy to commit murder and one count of sodomy. Oh, that word just... Ugh. It's terrible. It's the, the worst. Especially, ugh. It always takes me back to that little 12-year-old girl who shouldn't have been looking up sodomy in the encyclopedia. Because that is what we had. Okay. <laughs> encyclopedia. That, that is how old I am. There you go, world. They're very uh, detailed in those uh, encyclopedia Britannicas. <laughs> yep. I used, to, I used to have to look stuff up in them. <laughs> Judge sentence. Bianchi to five lifetimes. Life terms. Lifetimes. Life terms, whatever, for the murders. <laughs> One life term for conspiracy and five more years for sodomy to run concurrently. Just add those five years. Yep. Good job, Do Judge. It. Judge said, and this is a quote, I wish I had the power to have the sentences run consecutively, consecutively but it, in this state, they must be merged as a matter of law. Boo. He would be eligible uh, for parole in California in just seven years. Oh, is that all? Wild. I literally, I wrote that. Officials. Kill how many? And seven years is all you got. Am I right? To be up for parole. You shouldn't be up for parole that soon. I know, but it, this is the late 70s. I don't know what's happening in the world. I haven't been born yet. Neither. I wasn't even a thought. Like you my, know par what? my parents weren't you even know married. What happened? I was born and everybody got smarter. <laughs> You're welcome, world. It's not true. Don't look things up. <laughs> Oh, crap. Okay, officials estimated 20 to 35 years served before returning to Washington to serve those his two consecutive life sentences there. I hope Washington was a worse atmosphere. Yes, rainy and sad. As soon as he arrived in L.A., Bianchi began violating his plea agreement. What? Shocker! No way. No. No. Not against his cousin, not Angela... Not this top-notch guy. Angelo Baloney Bagel. It became... <laughs> He doesn't deserve to have a last name. You're, I love this. This Buono. is great. Buono. It began. Beluga well. <laughs> That's a good one. It became 
the longest preliminary hearing in history of L.A. County. Ten months at that time, he attempted to influence judicial proceedings by making contradictory statements to destroy his credibility and have Bono's, Bono's case dismissed. <sighs> Bitch. Ew, Fuck Bono. On March 16th, Bono. 1981. Bono. Hey! Municipal. I was so boring. Yeah! <laughs> You were, you were like, you were one. No so, one Okay, so this is literally like two, <laughs> two, two years, man. Municipal Court Judge H. Randolph Moore ruled there was problematic or probable cause to believe Angelo committed murder and ordered him to stand trial. Case was then assigned to Superior Court Judge Ronald M. George and uh, to begin November 2nd, 1981. I don't know about that two first names for names thing, but... Ronald George? I know George is like a normal last name, but mm -hmm. when it happens, I still view it as a first name, and I don't like it. George Washington. He's a nice lady. Just like Kelly. Freaking Kelly. Weird. Or Kelly. Kelly, Kelly. Your parents, yep, they had one chance. Actually, your My last name's not Kelly, so that didn't make Kelly sense. Jelly Belly. Kelly Jelly Belly. Nice then I went to college and got a jelly belly, so he stopped. <laughs> that was nice. During the long preliminary hearing, Bianchi met Veronica Lynn Compton, 24 years dumb, uh, a self-proclaimed no actress, a poet, and a playwright. And a dumbass. In June of 1980, she wrote Bianchi while he was in L.A. County Jail asking to read her screenplay. The plot gave him an idea to go to go, I can't read, to gain his freedom, that the Strangler was still on the loose, killing girls. Oh! Are you, <laughs> Kelly's, um, I don't understand women who <laughs> like freaking murders, or criminals of any, what's wrong with them? Just wait Are you that desperate and terrible and just hate yourself that no, much? She's that an actress. Like, oh, she's, she's a self-proclaimed actress. actress. <laughs> she visited... She visited on numerous occasions between June and September of 1980 while waiting to testify against Bono. Bono. God damn it. They planned Compton to fly to Bellingham, strangle a girl with a white clothesline, and plant evidence one. to simulate the Mandic Wilder murders. She was supposed to send cassettes and letters to locations in L.A. and Bellingham that the wrong man was in jail and Strangler would strike again. Why is she so stupid? Just wait, it gets better. On Thursday, September 16, 1980, their last meeting, Bianchi gives Veronica a semen specimen in the fingertip of a latex glove Jesus. to smear on the victim's body. He concealed it in the spine of a book he gave her. So I don't know. I was know. so nervous that you were going to say something about conceiving a child that way. Uh, that I'm almost relieved with what you said. Right? That's sad. I, something's... This is why we're friends. There's something wrong in my head. Mouth, mouth, mouth. But I'm like, is it his semen? Because why would you... How are you going to get semen from another person? And if it's yours, that's still going to make you the serial killer. So I don't know whose semen he gave to her in this book. Maybe he's trying to throw them off as though it was not his semen to begin with. Maybe. And there's still someone at large who has that semen. Because that, yeah, it's like, I don't know if they had, like, the testing to do that. Like, to test, like, semen then. Like, I don't, in the beginning of the 80s. You know, it's interesting. I looked up today whether you could find DNA in poop. Right! You can. Yes. Uh, and Several things. All things. All things. Human contain DNA. That was probably not supposed to be such a difficult thing to understand. And I said difficult. I did. Difficult thing to understand, but keep going. I'm right. sorry. No, but... Sometimes it, I need to shut up. This is my problem. But it was relevant to the sperm because we don't know whose sperm that is. I like saying sperm. Semen. It's great. He, that was the whole point, but it was the sperm that, like, matched the sperm that had been found previously. Was there sperm found previously? I don't know. Or DNA of any kind? Not that I was aware. I know they had fluff and car carpet. Um, they would have had to have his. Probably. Especially, well... So... Well, yeah, they found his pubic hairs. Right. And so maybe this is his way of saying, well, those weren't my pubic hairs. Yep. They must be this guy that's just, like, still out there with his sperm jizzing everywhere. Ugh. Well, he did dribble. 
Um, oh my god, I forgot about that. He's dribbling his little pants. I don't know if that happened. If that happened in adult hold, that that's just that's fucking well, adult hold. Adult hold. I'm just rolling with it. It's fine. Compton flew to Bellingham, Bellingham, mm-hmm. on Friday, September nineteenth, nineteen eighty. That's my friend Henry's birthday. Is that in the south? I no, it's freaking Washington. I'm just oh, southern because that's what Kansas is all about. Like, could we get one in the south just so we could use the voice? Yes, and be cool. I will. I that, okay. I got you. She, <laughs> um, she meets Kim Breed. What's a name? Twenty six. I was that just a couple weeks ago. Not anymore. Hey yo, a Bellingham Parks and Rec employee while drinking at a tavern. Forty is beautiful, and you look great. And there's a lot of people who think you're gorgeous at work. Okay, you're welcome. Damn. They spent hours together. Compton lured her to a room at the sh- sh- uh, Shangri-La downtown motel. The federal girl with the promise of cocaine. <gasps> Everybody the- wants the cocaine, man. Ooh. Got something tickling my nose. I'm fine. Once there, Compton. I don't do cocaine. Please don't arrest me. Once there, Compton tied her hands and twice strangled her, almost to the point of unconsciousness. All the unconsciousness. I didn't finish my s's. Hi. Although intoxicated, Breed was bigger and stronger and got free and escaped. Compton disappeared from Bellingham, but was easy to trace because she's fucking dumb. On October 2nd, 1980, so she did that September 19th. So on October 2nd, she was arrested at her home on a warrant of first degree attempted murder and held on a $500,000 bond. Dubbed, They dubbed her the copycat strangler. No. Oh, she... it wasn't even that. It was the, I'm a female dumbass yes. her trial Who started with my criminal boyfriend once I don't even do. know if they were romantically involved I'm sure maybe a little real life is not good enough for me I need to go to the prisons where it's better and shiny and wonderful God, I hate her whoever she is <laughs> I don't remember her name now That's I don't like her I have no respect for her she always her trial no started March 9th 1981 Breed testified against her the trial ended March 20th, 11 days. Jury deliberated for three hours, and she was found guilty of first-degree attempted murder on May 22nd, 1981. Hey, yo, that's our birthday. Me and Kenneth Bianchi, because we're totally one and the same. Why <sighs> do you do that to yourself? I don't know. <laughs> but I love this judge's last name, Judge Swedberg. Sweatbird? Swedberg. How about Sweatbeard? Sweatbeard. Because I feel like you would sweat with the beard. Swedberg sentenced her to life in prison without possibility of parole. Oh, so she gets life for this, but... (laughs) I know, I know. Due to the viciousness of the attack on Breed. So, Bono's trial... It's Buono. ...began November 16, 1981 with jury selection, a process that took three months to complete. Just selecting the jury took three months. Because everyone there was knew. So much evidence. 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 I'm going home. Bye. Evidence. I'll think she done. <laughs> to introduce which case. Oh my god, I'm jumping heads. Word. I need. A, I need an adult. <laughs> Enjoy that. Not staying. Enjoy it. There was so much evidence to introduce. Which caused the case to drag. Bianchi was the 200th witness to testify in Buono's case. <gasps> I said it You right. said it right. It only took me an hour and 28 and a half minutes to say it right. Oh, no. Bian- yeah. So he spent 80 days on the stand. I hope they kept 80 him. days? 80 days. That's almost Just three up months. up there with the mic? Mm-hmm. He continued to slow the trial in case... Not keeping his part of the agreement, which we mentioned uh, that earlier. He was what? making... Yeah. I can't believe that he didn't cooperate. He was a reluctant witness. Contradictory statements. He even claimed he lost his memory. Insert eye roll. Um, another time he denied committing any murders. Like, he was all over the place just to fuck with these people. <laughs> like, wasting their time. Jury, jury deliberations began finally on October 21st, 1983. That is my grandma's birthday. Jumping to November 18th, 1983. So that's um, October, November. Yeah, they're a month apart. <laughs> Not quite a month apart. Oh. The jury of seven women and five men found Buono guilty of nine of the ten murders and voted to impose life sentences without possibility of parole rather than death penalty. 
With a duration of two years and two days, it remains the longest criminal trial in L.A. County and America. I looked America. it up. That's legit. In uh, American history and cost L.A. taxpayers $2 million. Oh, they probably really appreciated that. Probably really grateful. They're like, here, just take we, my money. That's we fine. absolutely want to put all of our money into Angelo into this guy. Banana hammock and Bianchi. <laughs> <laughs> um... You're going to have to source friends at this. No. <laughs> Damn it. And you didn't there. say Regina. So. No, Princess Consuela. Oh, God. Now you're mm. going to have to. I'm not Regina doing it. Regina Falange. Was there another one? Was it Regina? It doesn't matter. Keep going. Okay, Monday, January 1984. Judge George formally sentenced Buono to nine concurrent terms of life without possibility of parole, a penalty set by jury. Buono said... Quote, in view of the jury is mercy, oh, yeah, in view of the jury is mercy, I am, of course, without authority to impose greater punishment. I would not have the slightest reluctance to impose the death penalty. If ever there was a case where the death penalty was appropriate, it is this case. That was the I think I heard the LA Times. I think they um, actually had that. I'm going to go ahead and source out Crime Junkie because I do listen to that quite a bit. But they had a whole, like, they, a recording of him saying, like, yeah. what the judge said. Because it was so sort of powerful. But yeah. You are this giant of a piece of crap. And Poop stain. He said it really well. It was good. Oof. He was, I mean, Kenneth wasn't, like, dumb, but mm. Angelo was definitely the. The, well, that's why you got to. He was found so quick. He did those two murders by himself, and, and look what happened immediately. Like, can't leave this guy on his own. No, nope. <laughs> can't let Freddie. He's fly. dribbling all over the place. <laughs> He's stashing jackets. Get in him the pipes. back. Get him back. Ran him in. And if y'all wouldn't have bought, you know, granted, then they wouldn't be caught, or if they would have ever gotten caught. Like, I guess you know, it all happened for a reason. It did. Okay, the length of the trial was blamed on Bianchi, saying that he did everything to sabotage the case. No, he didn't. Oh, he admitted to it. Mm. Honesty is best. He remanded him to the state of Washington to serve his sentence. Judge Jordan said, quote, It is my firm belief that Mr. Buono and Mr. Bianchi should never see the outside of prison walls. They should never be paroled. That was from the LA Times. Finally. I know. This judge is like, now fuck these guys. They don't They don't deserve sunshine on their bones. They deserve nothing but fucking sadness. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to see it on their bones until they're dead. Okay. <laughs> February 1st, 1984. Hey, that's my friend Megan's birthday. I know hey so many birthdays. Uh, everybody's going to get a birthday on this podcast. You're welcome. The California Department she is of Corrections with birthdays. Birthness. <laughs> Department of Corrections filed a detainer with the Department of Corrections in Washington to ensue if Bianchi is ever released from their custody, he will be turned over to California to serve his life sentences there. Oh, another case I had to do that with. But anyways, those states would have to grant parole or clemency in order for Bianchi to ever be released from custody. And he has not because, spoiler, he's still in jail. She Unfortunately, totally just I want you all I to know we had a vogued, little vogue. Vogued it. Uh, Buono, you're welcome. Was sent you're to. So he was good sent. He was sent to Folsom Prison <gasps> in 1986. Johnny Cash, where he married for the fourth time. What is wrong with these dumbass women? His bride was Christine Kazuka, the dumbest bitch you'll ever meet. <laughs> Mom to three kids. Oh, of course. And she was a supervisor at the I don't California. Know how many fathers were involved in those three kids? <laughs> Just saying. She probably stole them. <laughs> Don't, it was that's not a direct quote. That was just a statement. But she was a supervisor at the California State Department of Employ Employment Development in She's L.A. A disappointment to women everywhere is what she is. All of them are. He wasn't allowed parole, so he couldn't receive conjugal visits. Oh, thank you. No God. sex for you. Please don't have any more oh, children. All right. Here's some, here's some happy news. Oh. Guano died September 21st, 2002. Ooh, 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 at 67 ooh, ooh. years old from a massive heart attack in his cell at Calipatria State Penitentiary. May he burn in hell. <laughs> hell, he just needs to just be floating somewhere, just unhappy. And burning. And burning, just just, just feeling the flesh burning just all the time. Covered in honey and fire ants all over his body oh, and just being yes. on fire. Yes, I like the fire ants. Shout out oh my to my God. sister Shauna because we talk about that a lot. Um, <laughs> retired Bellingham Police 
detective Fred Nolte. Hey! So Hi. just Fred Nolte. <laughs> I don't know. I love Nolte. That's just it's just it's just nice to say. I like Nick Nolte. Nick what Nolte. What happened to that Fred, guy? Fred. Are y'all are y'all related at me? Okay. <laughs> Said to CNN, the world will probably be a better place without him. He will not be missed. <laughs> what I mean, a savage motherfucker. I'm gonna miss him. <laughs> Bye, Angelo Bunt Cake. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that you got we're, it straight. We're coming up. We're coming up to the end here, friends. Thank you for tuning in. If you, you know, all all negative seven of you. <laughs> Kenneth is alive. <laughs> Boo! It started at three, and it's now at negative seven. Negative seven. Because <laughs> who am I kidding? Kenneth is alive, and I, I I put that boo. And someone needs to find him and end that. But I'm not mad. I'm I wish he wasn't alive, but he's incarcerated in Washington State Penitentiary in Walla Walla, Washington. Walla Walla, Waka Waka. Um, on, <laughs> on Thursday, September 20, 20, oh, September 21st, 1989, which, you know, just a few late, couple decades later, I was like nine. Uh, peep Angela's death date, September 21st, he married Shirley Joyce Book. Another one? What a, wait, wait, wait. No, this is Bianchi now. Oh. Angelo had the, the Christine Kazuka. Kazuka. All the dumbass women. I can't. And now, now Bianchi's married to Shirley Joyce Book. What a love Another story. Wink. Can't see me, Wink, because you're just listening. You're welcome. Mm. 36 of Monterey, Louisiana. In a Monterey Jack Cheese? Mm, bro, I want pizza. In a 15-minute... that sounds good. In a 15-minute ceremony in the prison chapel. What a dream! I would love to get married That was my dream chapel. when I got married. And I did it twice. I wanted all of them. I wanted all the, the criminals. The day before the wedding was the first time they'd met in person, but had been corresponding since 1986. Exchanged taped messages and numerous phone calls. Hey, are you touching yourself? Because there's some guy watching me... Like touch my penis while I'm on this phone call with you. Does that turn you on? Yes. Oh my god. Because I'm a dumbass. We're bitch. gonna get married in the prison chapel. Are you pumped? Let's do it. I'm so excited. So I we can have a honeymoon because you know I'm a fucking murderer. My life sucks. Let's it's do fine. It. It's fine. Previously, Book had tried to write to Ted Bundy, but her letters were rejected by officials and Bundy himself. So you weren't even, even her first even Bundy choice. Even Bundy deal was like, with this "Stupid ass! Fuck you and your Facebook!" Hey. Oh, <laughs> Prison play. officials denied conjugal visits, but Kenneth sued them. But Judge Donald Schacht declared they acted within their authority. <laughs> you ain't fucking your wife. Bye. <laughs> no, you're not. You're gonna have to just. Jerk off into another freaking thing and try to put put your murders on someone else. The visits were denied f- for security reasons and because he liked to strangle and murder women. What? No I way. I mean, that's fine. In July of 1990, the state board set Bianchi's prison term at 116 and a half years for the Bellingham <laughs> murders. And a half years. I love that. He Maybe will be eligible. Be like a vampire. Ew. Live forever. Probably because that's what the. He will be eligible for parole in 2059 if he's alive. He would be 108 years old. Looks real possible, Let's Kenny. Hope he dies. I even wrote that. I'm like, oh no, we're ending it right there. Looks real possible, Kenny. Did you see real this football? Right? Did you? Who made I it? I made this. I got a C on it. But this concludes episodes one and two. The Hillside Stranglers. One's dead. Rested. One needs burning, to die. Burning pits of armpit sweat. <sighs> Alright, Kelly. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. To, are you ready I'm, to enlighten us? I have such a um, very, very, very small part in this because unlike Nicole, I've done very little research. <laughs> I won't lie. I like to say it's because I'm busy in life. Alright, I'm busy. It's not like we've been quarantined for two and a half months. I'm making nachos. Um, <laughs> Don't talk about cheese right now, alright? Oh, I do. Everything sounds good right now, doesn't it? We should eat lots of We're food after this. after this. <laughs> I'm feeling real skinny. <laughs> I'm wise I am, I, As we mentioned day. earlier, I'm a beluga whale. Uh, I love that. It's my favorite whale. Beluga. Beluga. It's the Dory that's like, I speak well. Oh. Oh. Thank okay. you I just stopped this. for it's listening. 
Uh, let me uh, preface what I'm about to say with a little story. I think you'll all really enjoy, or not, my story. <laughs> like, I have uh, extreme paranoia in the <laughs> most extreme kind. Uh, if anything goes wrong in my entire life or my, you know, world, it's got to be one of three things. Are you ready? Yep. It's a ghost. <laughs> have I ever had a ghostly encounter? No. I have. Um, everybody has, and I believe all of you people, so that is why. Uh, number two, it's a absolute serial killer, because they exist everywhere, even in Cimarron, Kansas, but mm, never. Um, if you look at her stairs in her house. And now, okay, so I'm going to go with, like, number three is, so they're not <laughs> they a serial killer, but they're fixated on me for some reason, and I often tell myself, why... <laughs> In the world, would anyone be fixated on me? But it could happen. I know people who are in Right, I have my own stalkers. It's me. And they want to kill me. I'm stalking Kelly. because of this, when things happen in my house that I cannot explain... (laughs) Like my dog's barking at 3 I decide I have a squatter. Okay, it started with... Okay, so gated area next to the house. Yes. There was feces in there. My mother said it looked human. That is all I had to hear. Someone is shitting in my gated area to the right of my house. And what? it probably was just dog poop. Come on. But I fully believed it was a human. And then house noises. Let's face it. Those <laughs> guys from uh, worst. Ghost Hunters would tell me what my plumbing problems are immediately. But I don't believe them. <laughs> it's bad when every time the wind blows, the same noise happens. <laughs> But, but it's I believe a it's a, uh, yeah, I have a little boy ghost upstairs that's, he's just, he's dribbling a ball in my head every I'm gonna time. get real but stressed out it only out if happens, guys, when it's, when it's like windy outside. And we're in Kansas. So, so it's windy I got a squatter night. next door. I have a little boy in my attic dropping a ball one night, maybe two, and I'm still, I still feel like someone walked across my roof, Okay. I heard footsteps. I have not heard them since then, but my son also said he heard like very clear footsteps across the rooftop and it absolutely freaked me out for months. I told everyone I know that someone is living in my attic. Not that someone walked across my roof one night. No, someone's living in your someone's attic. Someone's living in my attic. All right. I'm stressed out. Now I'm gonna fast forward before I go back. Okay. <laughs> um my mother calls me. All right. I don't know how many of us do this, but in our town, in order to get internet, you also have to get an landline. Landline. Thank you. Because yeah. I couldn't think of that. A landline phone. So I have one jack for a landline phone here in the basement where me and Nicole are sitting. Hey. Right there. Look right at there. the landline. Okay. Let's just take note that there's no phone connected. Okay. Uh, okay. Because I haven't felt the need to connect a phone to it. Because of bills, I know what my phone number is. Yes. Even though I don't use it and no one knows it. My mother calls me. I'm sitting upstairs in my living room. I had just recently gotten home. And she says, I just got this weird call. I told all my Facebook friends this story. So if you've heard it, sorry. But I think you told me it. Yeah. Um... It was from your number. Yep. And it it's was not that long ago. What appeared to be a telemarketer. And when it showed up on her phone, obviously it was my phone number and my name. <laughs> and out. yeah. I remember you telling She's me this. She's telling at work. me this as I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Okay. And then uh, she goes, Where are you calling from? You know, and he tried to kind of play that off. And, uh, She's like, this isn't a telemarketer. This is my daughter's phone number. Where did you get this number? Yeah. And then he whispers, from hell. Oh, my God. Hangs up the phone. <laughs> I'm shooketh. I was shook in that moment. And then immediately, because, again, it's how my mind works. I was 100% sure someone was down here. <laughs> in my basement and had hooked up a phone and had called my mother. <laughs> Not that people know how to hack, okay? It wasn't going there. It was immediately that I had Someone a was in your house. In my basement. 
And yeah. I literally ran out my back door and to my parents' house, which is like two blocks from here, because I could not be in the house any longer. And we, you know, we discussed things. We called the phone company. We did whatever. Um, and then we did the really logical thing where my dad brought a little pocket knife that was about like three inches long. <laughs> and uh, he was going to knife that guy, right? And I had a bat behind him. We're like, we're going to take on the house. We're just going to make sure that there isn't someone <laughs> on you just in chilling. the house. Hey, so, he's calling again, you. How you doing? old man. He's fantastic uh, from Brooklyn. He is going to kill everyone. And he announced that before every room. As we came to the house, like he's like, I have a knife. Either. I'm going to freaking stab you. And then he would go in the room. You know, so he's they the knew that they were going to get stabbed. They were going to get stabbed. So we went through the whole house like that. But it's you know what? I know this is going to shock you. Nobody was in my house. Uh... <laughs> Surprise, surprise. So I have, you know, I have these fears, and good friends of mine who are hilarious are like, so now you have <laughs> a squatter, right, who shits next door, walks on your roof, <laughs> bounces balls in your attic, and calls you from the basement. <laughs> I'm like, I do. I do. <laughs> I do. I don't know if I'm dealing with like a real person or a ghost, but it's here. Um, I mean, in hindsight, I've got nothing, but I randomly, after the ball bouncing in the attic, I was like, what is, what is happening really? Damn it, Curly. Do, this is what, this is why I Googled this. Do people live in other people's houses? Yes. You guys might have looked this up. You might have looked this up in your, in your, it didn't help the situation. No. Because, in fact, a lot of people live in other people's houses. So, my rabbit hole, which is what I'm calling this, because I constantly go on internet rabbit holes where I'm just, I spend an entire night, we're talking three hours sometimes, just uh, on the dumbest shit. And this it. night, it was people who live in other people's homes. Without them knowing. Without them knowing about it. So, what I'm going to give you here, just to, it was really supposed to be, to make you feel better. You know, we just <laughs> talked about murder. Terrible. Uh, this isn't going to make you feel better <laughs> no, <laughs> at all. I get to go to my house in the country. Uh, I'm going to give you a few of these. This comes from list, listfirst.com. And I have to source them because I'm just going to read right off their website. That is the kind of research I do. Nicole does actual research. I just Google it. My notebook's almost full. I love Google, and I Google constantly. And I think that's kind of what my contribution to this entire thing is going to be always is... Oh, you know what I Googled last week? <laughs> so, here it is. In 2008, guys, an unnamed 57-year-old Japanese man realized he had been sharing his home with a secret tenant. Uh, yeah. Prior to the discovery, he had noticed that someone was stealing food from his fridge. Now, let's just say, like, I kind of thought that too, but I have four kids and it could have been them. Uh, he suspected... <laughs> It was a burglar, and he installed a secu- and he installed security cameras that sent live footage of his home to his phone. Mm. Oh, just wait! <laughs> One fateful day, oh, he received a video of a strange woman opening his fridge. Uh-huh. He called the police, who went to his home hoping to catch the burglar. Mm. The police were surprised when they found the doors and windows locked and intact, with no sign of breaking. I'm a puke. <laughs> Nevertheless, they entered the home thinking the burglar mm-hmm. was still inside. Police found no trace of the burglar until until they checked the shelf just above the closet. How many of us have this freaking shelf? Oh, I'm sorry. Inside, they found 58-year-old, I'm not going to get this right. Oh, boy. Tatsuko Horikawa. <laughs> yep. Investigations revealed Horikawa had secretly lived in several other houses in the area before settling at the man's home. She had lived there for a year before she was caught. What a freaking ninja. Just living in the closet. Was she tiny? Shell. She had to have been. She was Asian. I mean, they're all little ladies, aren't they? I always wanted to be, like, little and petite like an Asian lady. I did. Is that? That's not racist, what I'm saying, is it? I don't know. I don't think so. I got another one for you. No, but the, uh, most Asian ladies I know are tiny and adorable. They are, and that's what I'm saying. They can absolutely fit in crawl spaces. Why would you but want why to would do that, that? Why would that be your life? Like, go yeah. find your like, own house. What, what, 
We're gonna have to deep dive into her uh, brain. Okay, next one. Who else lived in, in the In 2012. Walls? Shit, that's not that long Tracy ago. thought she and her five children were the only occupants of her that's South your... Carolina home. South until Carolina. she discovered there was one other person. Uh, she had five kids? She had, no. Uh. I thought you just said that. Five. Oh, it, yeah, it was five. I'm sorry. I'm I pee her vagina. Bye. What? <laughs> I have four. What are you saying? I rest my case. Ah! <laughs> what happened? Okay. Okay, who's their intruder? An ex she broke up with 12, 12, let me repeat that, years earlier. What? 12. Oh, so in 2000. They she broke heard, up in 2000. Yeah. She heard some strange noises in her attic the day before discovering her ex. Oh, my God. I did have my friend Matthew check my attic for me. I just want you to know that. <laughs> oh, He's Maddie. so brave. He's fantastic. He is great. Yeah. And he found nothing. He's like, you're an idiot. Um, yeah, so ghosts immediately. I was like, well, you can't see him. Uh, okay. She and two of her sons checked the attic, but found nothing. The strange noises continued throughout the night. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> You're gonna throw gonna up. Please not on my carpet. Um, where the bathroom is. The strange noises continued throughout the night. Plaster and nails from the ceiling also fell on her bed and floor. That's all. Just the plaster. Uh, so she called Matthew to check the attic the next day. The nephew found nothing at first. Uh oh. Until he went deeper. Oh no, Matthew needs to go deeper into my attic, doesn't he? <laughs> he went deeper into the attic where he found her ex sleeping. The ex hurriedly left the house smiling. He was smiling. <laughs> you found me. Oh, look what you did. Oh, look, he found yeah. me. Hide and seek champion oh, 2012. <laughs> Peekaboo. Um, Tracy later learned that he could see her bedroom through an air vent. Oh, what is wrong with people? Tracy could not figure out how her ex got into her home or how long he had been there. However, he had helped her put new doors in her home a year earlier and had just completed a 90-day sentence for stealing her vehicle. Okay, you said new doors, but you said it together so fast. All I heard was nude doors. I'm like, why would you make yeah, the doors nude? Yeah, it was like that nude color, you know, of skin. It's kind of nude. Okay. <laughs> The ex left his stuff in the attic, including his photos, toys. <laughs> toys? Like, 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 I don't want to specify. Cassettes this and freak several freak. cups of feces and urine. Delicious. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a headache right behind his eyeball. You want to hear some more? Yeah. Give me, give me like, give me like two more. I'm going to give you like eight more. How long do we have? Until <laughs> it starts yelling at us? Eight minutes. Um, all right. In 2017, a woman got the shock of her life when she found a man living in the attic of her rented apartment in Arlington, Virginia. The Virginia. woman was home alone that night when she heard some footsteps in the attic. I told you. She checked with the landlord who denied walking in the attic that night. The landlord called the police who visited the home. Police were searching the attic when they ordered anyone inside to come out. A man, identified as 60-year-old Anthony Jones, came out and surrendered himself to the police. Inside the attic, they found his clothes and bedding. While police could not determine how long Jones had been in the house, they suspected he had entered through an unlocked door. Why are all these old-ass people living in... They don't know where else to go. I don't know. Go live in a dumpster. (laughs) Like, get out of people's houses, you freaks. I know, right? Oh my, this is... Here's another one. Amber Dawn heard footsteps in her attic the night she moved into her new apartment in Enumclaw, Washington in 1997. I was a junior in high school. She checked the trap door. (laughs) Four. I was four. (laughs) uh, That led to the attic. While it looked suspicious as if it had been pulled in by someone inside, Mm. she never thought someone could actually be in there. False. She told the landlord... The landlady about the footsteps, but the landlady dismissed it as a squirrel. Squirrel! Squirrel! Dawn would notice strange events in her home over the next few months. Things mysteriously went missing, and her items were being moved. At one point, her nine-week-old puppy... Oh, no. No. ...ended up inside her bathroom sink during a flood, even though it couldn't climb in by itself. Oh. So it saved the puppy. The human. Keep that, Yes. Keep that okay. in mind. So it's not a terror. I know you were looking for like a death. 
Dawn thought her brother, who also had a key to her apartment, was responsible. So she only found out the truth six, six months after moving in. One night, she was soaking in the bathtub. Shit. When she looked up at the trap door that led to her attic, it was open. She hurriedly grabbed a hammer and her dog before leaving the house. Outside, she called her sister-in-law, who came and picked her up. Police searched Dawn's apartment and found no one. However, they found food, a book, and a sleeping bag inside the attic. The fact that your ceiling is, like, pushed Stop. up right here. Stop. And you have a hole open over yeah. here. Mm -hmm. Good luck sleeping here. No I matter. can't, right? right? You can come home with me and Arla. We'll all snuggle. <laughs> I don't know. Like, seriously, reading these, it's starting all over for me. Well, I'm not sleeping the, tonight. Guess, another plug, morbid. No, they um, covered... Nicole is hugging a teddy bear. I am. As and he's speak. so Is this my son's teddy bear soft. from Valentine's Day? And he smells great. But he's real soft. No, but that's like the Daniel LaPlante. Mm -hmm. He, but I think he, I don't did he kill In him? the walls. He though. lived in the walls. The fucking walls. Oh, look that one up if you have not already. I'm sorry. Ooh. Oh, I apologize. I think walls might be scarier than roof or yeah, attics. That would be stressful. But then, then I also think of when uh, that episode of Bob's Burgers. <laughs> oh my gosh, Bob Burgers. When Bob, Bob gets Burgers. stuck in, he gets Shh. stuck in the wall, and then he's not really stuck. He's just trying to stay away from his in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> On a lighter note, we're gonna just finish. which is where you'll find me <laughs> watching Bob's Burgers. I'm gonna do two more. Okay. You think I have time for that? Yeah. I'm gonna throw in two more guys because I think you're probably loving it. <laughs> Uh, they've all stopped listening, let's face it. Nobody's listening. Nobody's no one's in. listening to this. No I'm cares. not even worried about it. In 2016, <laughs> Davis Wallman heard some strange noises in the attic of his Seattle home. He went upstairs to check and found that the light in one of the rooms was on, which is <clears throat> weird. It was weird. Ghosty Because ghost. he'd switched it off. He tried entering the room, but the door was locked from the inside. Tits. Fishy. He knocked. And a woman answered from inside, asking if it was Jimmy. Woman told her he was not Jimmy and asked why she was in his house before calling the police. The woman later opened the door. She never answered Woman's questions and continued ranting about how she had been living in the house for three days and how someone called Jimmy had told her she could stay. However, she left before the police arrived. Woman checked his attic and saw she still had her stuff there. The night before finding the woman in his home, he had noticed some unusual events. Someone had turned on some lights he had turned off, removed the fly screen from his bathroom, and deployed a fire escape ladder. He changed the locks on all the doors in his home after the incident. Uh, what a smart guy. Oh, man. Hmm. In 2013, some Ohio State University students discovered... Oh, my God. Go back to college for a second in those crazy old houses we used to live in. They discovered they were not alone in their off-campus accommodation after they found someone living in their basement. We're in the basement right now. Remember what? that call I got from a basement? Hello. Before the discovery, the students had often found their cupboards and microwaves open mm. and had even heard noises from the basement. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my God. They never thought much of the events, although they often joked that the strange happenings were the handiwork of a ghost. Boo. Hi. They only found out the ghost was a secret roommate when maintenance workers forcefully opened the basement, the stranger was another student who was only identified as Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd appreciate it. They, al <laughs> they allowed him yes! to pick up his things before evicting him from the home. No one knew how Jeremy got to the house or how long he'd been living there. <laughs> they guessed it was before they moved in since the landlord never changed the locks of the house. That was a dumb move, landlord. Interestingly, one of the roommates had met Jeremy earlier, but thought he was a visitor. Oof. Come on, dumbass. Jeez. That's... Wow. Well. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That was solid. It's, uh, it's an interesting one. Oh, man. I'm just going to go to the last one here. Okay. Because all weird things happen in China, guys. In China, a man only identified as Wang. <laughs> That's Sorry. why you wanted to say it. You nasty. <laughs> Wang. He found a stranger called Zeng Dang. living inside the attic of his home in Kushan. 
Jiangsu province. I'm making those words up. In 2014, <laughs> Wing would never have found out about Zhang if the latter hadn't locked the door from inside. Wing called the police, Wing, who found a hole in his kitchen ceiling that led to his attic. They found Zhang inside the attic before. that money and food were disappearing in his home. Police determined Zeng had stolen about 2001 in Wang's home. He also cooked meals for himself while Wang was away. Living his best life. Yeah, living his best life. Absolutely. Zeng had gotten to the attic from outside the house. He confessed to alternating between Wang's home and that of a neighbor. It was just like, like parkouring from rooftop to rooftop. Like Parkour! <laughs> Surely, I'm just way out there with my paranoia, and now I'm just more paranoid. Now that I live in the middle of nowhere, like I feel like you I feel, feel less like... safe. Like, which is weird because I have three neighbors, and I, uh, for the most part, I mean, I get along with them. I don't like go hang out with them, but we all get each other's mail. We talk. Yeah. You need to start checking it. your crawl spaces and attics, all the places don't, you don't really ever want to. I live in a trailer. I don't have those below your trailer. I've looked below my trailer. Right, like, we completely good. remodeled the whole outside of it. Nicole, you're fine. I have 1,000 crawl spaces yeah, but, in an attic. Yeah, but, teacher. Um, <laughs> no, I have a back door that sometimes I throw my dogs outside. Oh, man. I hope they're still Why in the yard. do you throw them? I don't throw them. They you jump. Just, like, let them walk. Um, usually they jump because I don't have back stairs right now at my door. But I forget to lock the back door. Oh. And then I get up in the morning and I go get my dogs to go put them outside because usually I'll bring them to the front door. But I then I see the back door is unlocked and I'm like, I'm not going in Arlo's room. It's fine. There yeah, ain't nobody. It's just here. your son. It's fine. But then I have to go in his room to check for mouse traps because I live in the country. There's mice. But I, but I but then I'm like I swear to God. Sometimes I feel like I've remembered to lock it, but I don't. And then I'm like, was it me? <laughs> You're gonna feel really bad. Okay. Yeah, now I'm gonna be when no. someone's just hanging out because you left it wide open. And they're like, but it was unlocked, and I felt like that meant I could live here. Well, it's a good thing I check Arlo's room every day, because <laughs> that's where the mice hang out. All right. So we have two traps in his room, so I always go to that I side. I literally have a mouse slash hamster in my boys' room, and I think Patricia could probably let me know what's up. Do you think hamsters can make a noise like there's an intruder in the room? No. They're not going to care. Um, so I can't shoot a gun. <laughs> Therefore, I do. I mean, I can, but not accurately in a tense situation. Like, I don't trust myself, and I don't think anyone who has ever not been in a like combat situation, right, and been taught how to shoot a weapon in that kind of situation, should think for five seconds they're going to take somebody out with their gun <laughs> when they're scared. So get the gun out of your house. Stop pretending. So instead. I have strategically placed bats throughout my house because I'll tell you what I can do. I can wield a bat and I will beat the crap out of somebody. Uh, so Just anybody don't. try to come into my house, I got bats everywhere and you don't know where they are. I do. <laughs> There's no coronavirus hanging out here. In. Oh, I have one close Oh, by. I thought... Oh, never Nicole, mind. Nicole. Wrong bat. If anyone comes in right now, I'm bashing their heads in. <laughs> My dumbass thought like bats, like the winged animal, I, not a oh, fucking baseball uh -huh. bat. Because I often I'm... Like to just throw bats at people. Like <laughs> she got the coronavirus bats just chilling. <laughs> You're getting sick today, motherfucker. Take a bite of it. Do it. You Ozzy Osbourne it right now. <laughs> uh, I really like you could you could handle a bat. That's cool. I mean like but here's here's bats. what happens with my rabbit holes. Can I tell you? Because like you get to the end of these articles and, and just... it says. Ten badass women who fought home invaders and won. I would be reading all of that. And then it says ten terrifying unsolved home invasions. No, thank you. Woo. You don't need to go down that hole. I would forever. And you know what? I'm going to keep doing it, and I'm going to keep telling you about it. Yeah, well, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> and I'm gonna, sorry. If you gonna... hate my entire segment, please let us know. <laughs> no. 
they hate it, then they need to, they, be like, they need to move on. This girl needs to stop because I think maybe my students feel that way sometimes when <laughs> I start to tell my stories and they don't care. <laughs> I feel but like they also all children. relate to whatever scientific thing we were talking about. Like I vouch for that, but um, <laughs> you know, I could be very incorrect. <laughs> I'm living for it. Well, one will be listening. Let us know. Let us know, monkey. Let, Let us know. know. <laughs> oh man. Goodbye, well, friends. This is gonna conclude. <laughs> I almost said the podcast that I'm listening to. <laughs> that would have been really confusing. Uh, not that no. one. Hours. This concludes Bloody Babbles podcast Woo. episode two. But we recorded both of them today because we're we're gonna put this in. We're your doing earholes. it. We're getting it out there. Ear holes coming soon. You're welcome. You're welcome. Catch you on the flippity flip because I'm an Office fan too. I'll plug that. Hello. Don't You're plugging a lot of stuff. All the plugs. All the plugs. <laughs> all in your orifices. Oh, why do you always have to go into people's orifices? Because it's just like the menstrual cycle. You just <laughs> had to end with. That. Well, it was on Kenneth Bianchi's underwear, so mm. delicious. And on why? that note, <laughs> I don't want to taste it. <laughs> We're going to go eat. I'm going to go get my child. And we will be... I'm going to go to bed. Maybe. Good luck sleeping here. Uh, <laughs> and I am content with all of my invaders. Mm-hmm. They love me. As you look at the phone jack, I will be nothing. dead tomorrow morning. Oh, this would be real stressful <laughs> for doing this podcast by myself. That would make this incredible for you. <laughs> Kelly, are you there? I don't know. Kelly, yeah. I will become a ghost for you, and I will knock that off the count. I'm oh gonna God. come to. I'll be like, can if I... I get killed by my home invader tonight, please. I'm telling you, this can blow up. Please, Nicole, make sure you like reel that in. Don't feel bad that I'm dead. I'll pay for your funeral. Know that I'm like gonna come back as a ghost and help you out. And big story, <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> and. Good night. Good night. Thank you so much for listening to this installment of Bloody Babbles. I hope you enjoyed Kelly's Down the Rabbit Hole because those will be on future episodes more consistently. Also, please check out the awesome brothers who created the intro music, fantasy, and world music by the Fichters. The soundbite I used is from Spooky Music and Magical Music, so please show them some love on YouTube. We appreciate all the love, support, and feedback on our launch episode. You guys have made us feel so loved and so listened to, so make sure you don't keep it too bloody. Well, maybe just enough. <laughs>